0: Welcome to the West Wind Unitarian Universalist podcast. Join us in creating compassionate community. Okay, uh, Most of you know me already. My name is Lugna Mirza. I lived here in Norman since 2009. My Norman home is the place where I have lived the longest my entire life. I started working for Norman Regional Hospital in endocrinology department after completing my fellowship in the field of endocrinology, diabetes and metabolism. With that, I became the first person from Chantua Medical College, Larkana, to specialize in endocrinology. I live at home with my 20-year-old son, who's in college. Aisha, my 18 year old daughter, who works in childcare here. She has moved out. She's going to OU. My husband and I got a divorce after 18 years of marriage. We were college sweethearts who grew apart. I met James Corsi in the book club here and asked him out. I learned how to do that by watching American movies. <laughs> I'm an immigrant American who arrived in this country on December 15th of 1993, exactly 26 years ago today. I was 20 years old. I was born in Sakkar Sin, Pakistan in 1973. My father, Mirza Shujaat Beg, was an architect. He migrated from UP, or Uttar Pradesh, India, to Pakistan after the partition of subcontinent in 1947. My mom was a housewife who was married at age 16 and had me at age 17. I'm the oldest of my siblings. When I turned six, my father died in a road accident, leaving a 24-year-old widow with four small children. Your daughters are so dark. How are you going to pay dowry for them now when your husband is dead? People would ask my mom. As some of you may know, fair skin is prized in South Asia and skin whitening products are a billion dollar industry. So if you end up inventing something that can make people lighter, you can make a lot of money. My mother had figured out marriages are not reliable and education and financial independence are important for women. My daughters will go to college, she always said. She said I want them to be able to stand on their own feet If life ever put them in a situation like mine, they should be strong enough to handle it. All of us are doing okay here in America. My darkest sister, who often didn't come out of her room when people visited, is now a psychiatrist who lives in Lawton, Oklahoma, in a large house with a swimming pool. She's happily married and has two boys. Soon after starting work for Normal Regional Health System, I was asked to present a lecture on diabetes in patient support group. How many people are we expecting, I asked. 150, they said. My lips acquired a narrow shape and I whistled. (laughs) The funny thing is I don't even know how to whistle. (laughs) I decided to present a talk on high cholesterol and diabetes. At this point, I had little experience in speaking in front of a large group of people and I felt I needed some help. I knew about the Toastmasters group as a fellow resident during the internal medicine residency had mentioned it to me. I searched for them online to help myself develop public speaking and leadership skills. I found three groups in Norman and decided to join the Sooners Toastmasters since they meet Thursday nights and it could fit my schedule. I found the Toastmasters group very useful. They helped me improve my presentation on high cholesterol The lecture at the hospital went okay. I spotted a couple of people falling asleep in the audience. (laughs) Apparently, it wasn't a big deal. (laughs) I attended postmasters for about two to three years. I still do when I can. I became friends with Mr. Hal Spate there, who was the president of the Unitarian Congregation at the time. I always enjoyed listening to his talks about his work experience in the American embassies in different countries. These talks showed his intelligence, humanity, and extensive reading. He told me about the book club (coughs) at the Unitarian Congregation that meets every Sunday. I decided to join the book club to be able to read books outside of medicine. As you may very well know, the study of medicine requires a lot of reading, and there's little time left to read anything else. After being done with my training and board exams, now I could spend more time reading other things like religion, politics, and environmental (coughs) sciences. We read books here, such as Zelud by Reza Eslan, When Religions Become Lethal by Dr. Charles Kimball. This changes everything about climate change by Naomi Klein and the biography of Cancer, Emperor of All Maladies by Siddhartha Mukherjee. I find the book club thought-provoking and intellectually satisfying. I have learned something about myself. Since I didn't grow up in America, I am a grown-up with a missing American childhood. And since I left Pakistan when I was a young adult, I am still a Pakistani kid who is missing the South Asian adulthood. Several of my South Asian friends have said it to me that I am childish in some ways. I am totally fine with it as you have heard before growing old is mandatory but growing up is optional (laughs) it also allows me to be the one who can change what's possible i have been learning from your lives the book club is an interesting group of authors thinkers and grassroots activists dr edwin kessler came to the book club pretty regularly until he was put in a nursing home before passing away he was known as the Father of Radar, as you already know. People in the Unitarian congregation come from various backgrounds. And it's our diversity that makes us so special and unique. Some have Jewish heritage. As you know, I, I never saw a Jewish person until I came to America. There are some Catholics, some Mormons, <coughs> some Hindus. I think I'm the only ex-Muslim here. I grew up Muslim before walking away from my faith in my 30s. It's sincere search for truth, knowledge, and wisdom that has brought this group together. At first, I didn't pay attention to the voodoo going on in the sanctuary and left after book club. One day, I decided to stay and listen to the sermon. The earliest sermons that I remember were by Susan Cogan and Andrew Jacobs. They talked about democracy, science, human rights, and birds. They did not talk about us and them or about them going to hell. When we first came to America, I was very busy traveling between countries, working, raising kids, while going through the rigorous medical training and had little time to socialize. When we finally settled in Norman, we decided, my ex-husband and I, we decided to socialize with Pakistani physicians. It was a terrible disappointment to meet the men and women physicians of Pakistani origin in North America. Their views were very regressive. They promoted the idea of women belonging inside homes, gender segregation, strict dress code for girls, and putting their American children in gender segregated Islamic schools that didn't offer music lessons or sport activities. They do not instill confidence in young women. Even though my fellow physicians enjoyed the freedoms the united states had to offer they showed little sympathy to the plight of minorities in the countries of their own origin they supported draconian punishments for adultery and stood by the blasphemy laws in muslim countries my views evolved over the years with the new information and daily contact with patients from literally every part of the world My understanding of the world has been shaken with this influx and I'm not the same person today as I was at a younger age. While I was growing as a person and a physician in America, I was taken aback by the stagnation, intellectual dishonesty, misogyny, and gender discrimination from the people of the country of my origin. At work, we engaged in board meetings as equal members and had lunch on the same table While in private Pakistani or Islamic gatherings, they would not make eye contact or speak to me. They were men's clubs where you were supposed to agree to whatever the men had to say. They looked down at you for having your own opinions and looked to your fathers, brothers and husbands to keep you in line. It was very surprising to me that physicians were oblivious of basic facts and they lacked critical thinking. For example, these physicians did not know that Pakistani households have domestic violence as well. One of them said, I never saw it my entire life. Maybe it's normal now. They didn't know that all books ever written in Arabic language are fewer than books published in German language in one year. They did not read Pakistani medical journals and form their opinions based on right wing news channels from their countries of origin, which which are equivalent of Fox News, They played news and shows from their countries of origin at home instead of local news and talked about politics back home instead of the towns they lived in. They actively discouraged their children to befriend people outside of their religion. One day, I was sitting by the swimming pool where my kids were swimming and uh, found it heartbreaking to see a little girl in head cover and an abaya watching a teen brother swimming in the pool with his friends. I did not want it for Aisha. I wanted her to be able to run, play, laugh, swim, and dance. I wanted her to have simple pleasures and freedoms of life denied to Muslim women. Once I was asked by a Pakistani physician colleague to speak at a conference at the hospital to show fellow Americans that Pakistani women physicians are smart and educated, but they fail to acknowledge that I'm not given the same opportunity in the mosque. I can stand here today, uh, speak to this congregation in front of an educated and intelligent audience that gives me attention and value. Muslim women in America can do that in mosques. They have to use a smaller side door to go in the women's section, remain unseen and unheard, receiving one way information from a man imam on a TV, telling them how to be a perfect Muslim woman. Muslims in the world are living in the present-day version of the Christian Dark Ages in Europe. I felt that my life had become very different from my mother's and my grandmother's generation, and I didn't belong in this community any longer. I was in a state of shock and disbelief as one primary care physician was explaining in a gathering how women belong inside homes, in front of me and another rheumatologist, He didn't even realize that we were more educated than him and he refers his patients to us. (laughs) (laughs) I expected people with the highest level of education capable of critical thinking and enlightenment. I quickly left these friends and started turning down invitations for homogenous Muslim or Pakistani gatherings. It has been my observation that the conversation changes in a diverse get-together. People are less likely to disrespect women or transgenders or homosexuals if they are aware of their presence. I like coming to the Unitarian congregation because we have similar philosophies. These seven principles. This congregation is more in line with my ideals, values, and day-to-day life in America. Thank you for voting for me to become the vice president of this congregation. I have worked on bringing diversity and education to our meetings. We have invited people not only from the United States, but Sri Lanka, Malaysia, Canada, to speak to us. It helps us understand how big the world is. It also helps us see the world from other people's eyes, which is very important for humanity. In January, Dr. Charles Campbell will come speak to us about Islamophobia we can disagree on our philosophies, but at the same time, respect people's autonomy and right to choose. As an ex-Muslim of North America, I understand that. EXMNA, or Ex-Muslims of North America, is an actual non-profit organization that helps young ex-Muslims find assistance in community when they leave their faith. As you may know, apostasy, or leaving your religion, is punishable by death in 13 Muslim countries. Where do we go from here? I'm interested in helping Muslim women create a women's mosque in this area. Religion is power, and we can tap into it to improve lives. We also need a new building. I'm not the first one to point it out. Several members present here have been talking about it for years. I didn't know anything about it until I invited a friend builder to work on making a new kitchen for us. He said to me, this building will not last 10 years. There are a lot of problems in this building and small fixes are not going to help it in the long run. To be able to continue to do what we do, we need to invest in the future. There are enough churches, temples, and mosques in this country building walls. This will be our legacy to leave behind a strong and beautiful structure for UU congregation where people from diverse backgrounds men, women, and children can continue to work together in building bridges. We have enough intelligence in this room. We have enough will, resources, and power in this congregation to bring this dream to fruition. We have $2,100 to date in our building account. We need about $50,000 more before we begin building. Kurt Mackey, Is a valuable congregation member who is well aware of our needs and is willing to work at a reduced cost on a blueprint for the new building project please do brainstorming and write down all of your ideas for the new building and give them to me or Andy by the end of this year no you have longer time than that (laughs) please donate for the building we need your money Please donate separate from the usual pledge. You can write on the envelope that this money is for the building project. This is my goal for our future together. Thank you for your attention.
1: Thank you, Lubna, that was great. And I want to point out that the board has been having this discussion for the new building for probably about the last six months or so. And the reason we've been having this discussion is because we've had different issues that have come up over the course of the last couple of years that have, yep, that have brought us to a question as to whether or not we need to continue to put money into keeping this building and maintaining it, or if it is going to be in our best interest to find a larger space and more space for us to do that, or if we should build and the board's decision and i think and i hope the decision of our congregation will move forward towards a building construct Um, we have ideas about what that is Um, if you would like to find out more about those ideas we talk about this regularly in the board meeting we are now opening it up to the congregation because it is time to get the voices of our congregants for what they would like to see and what they what what they would like to see built and what they would like to see uh, created for our future some of you guys have ideas about parking lots, some of you have ideas about classrooms, some of you have ideas about greener buildings. Um, there's a wide variety of different options that are on the table. We are going to have a suggestion box starting next Sunday in the back that you can start to put suggestions in. Um, and uh, we're going to start moving forward with this concept. Um, thank you very much, Lubna, for bringing it to everyone's attention. Yes, sure sir. remind us when the board meetings are? The board meetings are 9 o'clock in the morning, the third Sunday of every month. So we just had one this month. But I'm hoping is by the January board meeting, which is one, two, is thick, what, five weeks away, we'll have a pretty good idea of where our congregation is and what our congregation would like to see done. Um, the present thought, and I'm sorry to go a little long. The present thought is that we'd like to build on the back lot, have that building constructed and finished, then remove this building, extend the parking lot back to that lot, and then move the playground and the, and the facilities that we have in the back for meditation to move those out kind of into the front lawn. That is the present concept. However, we might have some very fantastic suggestions that changes that. Okay, We have some ideas about building materials and conceptual ideas of what we'd like to see, but so far that is really just the board and the few people that have been tapped to look at the building and what we need to do for the future. This is the opportunity for you to step up and say, this is what we'd like to see. This is what we need. This is why we need it. So um, our last big project was putting me through school and getting yourselves a minister. You guys pulled that off. You did a really good job.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Assuming that this is what you want. Right? Our, next, our next big project is finding a building that will last us another 100 years. This, this building is coming to its time, and it's time to look forward. Um, we are trying to avoid having to move out of this location. We own the land, and we own the space. We're trying to look at a way that we can create a space that we all want to be in and we can utilize to grow as we develop. So that's what's up with that. And again, thank you, Lucia.
0: Thanks for listening. To learn more about Unitarian Universalism and to connect with us, please visit www.westwinduuc.org or find us on Facebook at West Wind Unitarian Universalist Congregation.